Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And whoo-hoo, did I trick you into watching a movie? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, okay, so uh, first up, <laughs> sometimes just... right at the start of these things, I like to just say, go and watch the movie, because it's that good. But this, one, this time, I am going to say that, but it comes with a huge caveat, which is... <laughs> Go and watch the movie, because if it's really good, if you don't mind having your whole day ruined. <laughs> don't watch it before you go to bed at night. Oh, God, no, no. Watch this in the middle of the day. And just know that it's going to ruin your whole day. It is just an exceptionally well-made movie. Is that is that fair to say that it's like you just don't get a ton of movies made this well? Oh no, I, this movie from beginning to end, there is nothing that I can tell you is wrong with it. Yeah, it is just an incredible uh, production. Uh, it's the 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 acting, the, mm -hmm. the 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 cinematography, the script. Yeah, uh, it's. Oof. The entire storyline, the setups, the but it is one. Uh, well, it is. As I was trying to explain it to somebody, as I'm watching it like 20 minutes at a time, <laughs> 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 you know, um, it's it it is brutal, yes, and I, it's it's just tense. The brutality is god-awful there's no question about it just this is like the hugest warning you need to have right it it is a brutal brutal vicious film it it doesn't um there are some things that it it uh moves away from but do you got your imagination will just fill that in for you yeah yeah, well, Phil well, no, knows what's coming next, and you're thankful that they've moved someplace else. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, that's But the tension level, it never lets up from beginning to end. Yeah. Like, first of all, simply because you know it's called I Saw the Devil. Right, we you didn't actually mention the title. I mean, I'm sure it's in the title of the video, so it's not like I had to say what the title was. But yes, it's called I Saw the Devil. And, and, and if you're wondering why I was so excited... Uh, when in Squid Game, the the front man finally takes off his mask and we see who it is, I'm like, oh my god, it's the star of I Saw the Devil. There's actually a couple of other people in I Saw the Devil that, that you I recognize from other things. Oh, absolutely, yeah, from other things as well, um, for sure. Oh no, and now I like have recognized boss. them from other things. It was, oh yeah, his boss. Uh, the uh, he also uh, he works for the National Intelligence Service. It's about a guy who's a spy. Yeah. Right, he's a uh, he is a uh, guy who works for the National Intelligence Service, just like in Vincenzo. Uh, although it's a much less uh, wacky version of the National Intelligence uh, Mr. Service. Mr. Ann, yes, just <laughs> like Mr. Ann. Yeah, he's he's not a Mr. Ann type. Is the he's more like Mr. Cho? <laughs> yes, exactly. He's much more of a Mr. Cho type. Uh, yeah, and it is called I Saw the Devil. So you know you're going to be in for a rough ride. But I don't know how many people realize just how rough a ride they're going to be in for. No, I don't. I, I How can you? How could you expect that it was going to be this, right? Yeah. 
it's but because you know going in that it's a, like it's a sort of a horror movie and it's a sort of a vigilante movie probably you're thinking yeah, like i can yeah. see why you're thinking with the advertising and the rest of it nothing prepares you for what you get for what you're gonna get no yeah. no there's there's nothing i don't think that could prepare you for what you're going yeah. to get i know and i mean and that's <laughs> It's one of the rare movies where I just watch it and I'm like, I can't believe they made this. I can't believe they, well, you know, but it's Korea. Korea, South Korean than you. Yeah. I'm going, yeah, okay, but this was made in 2010. Yeah. Same year as uh, Man from Nowhere. Yeah, your favorite, right? Yeah. And um, what can I, what can I say? Um, if it hadn't been that it was up against Man from Nowhere, um, this the man who plays the stars this in this would, yeah. have, would have walked away with their equivalent of the Oscar. You have he, to assume it's he, such it, an incredible it, performance, unbelievable performance, right to the last scene. The, I mean, the last shot is just his face, yeah, and then and then it pulls away. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like seeing this character, like the journey. And this at this point, we are gonna spoil the whole movie. So Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you can't if, if we can't without spo we can't talk about it without spoiling the whole movie. And a lot of the fun of this movie when you watch it for the first time, well I say fun. Uh, that might be an overstatement. I'm not sure that's the correct word. Uh, but... Part of what impresses me so much about this movie is when you're watching it for the first time, I think it's safe to say, and I know it happened for you because you called me and told me this, that at moment to moment in this movie, you have no idea where it's going or what it's doing. Right. Like there's no point in this movie where you like can confidently say, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen next because you don't. Like well, just... you don't, but when some of it happens next, you don't believe it. Exactly. And that is you my know, point. So I, I really am there. saying that if you have appreciated our takes on uh, Korean stuff at all, if you trust our taste at all, just go watch I Saw the Devil, then come back and we'll talk about it. Because I don't want to spoil this for anyone who might want to see it. That said... Everything we said about how bleak it is and how hard it is to watch and how much it will ruin your day. That's all true. We're not joking. Like, yeah. it, is, it is one of the roughest movies I've ever seen. And it's right, like, it opens. It just opens so perfectly. Yep. You know, and it just... I don't know. What, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. I can't sit here and go, oh, God, this is a movie you just have to see. Yeah. I mean, I would like to say that this is a movie you just have to see because if you ever want to know how to write a script, yeah, it's all how, to, how to keep tension going. Mm -hmm. What I did was I described it to the, the, my first initial, if I was to ever think of a film that was as tense, it is The Terminator. Yeah, the first one. The very, very, very first Terminator. Yeah. which is a small movie um, mm -hmm. and it is structured so that the tension almost never lets up okay yeah. it does let up every now and then sort of you get relationship building and stuff in the terminator but when you get to the end of the terminator that then the driving tension just keeps going and going but you still have 
the guns and the brutality and the and the this movie has none of it like no it never lets up i'm never i'm trying to first of all it never lets up but second of all there are no guns there's no chase scenes nope there's well there's one gun in a pivotal scene well Yes. In one of the most thrilling action scenes you've ever seen in your life. Okay. Oh, well, but yeah, there's one gun in the entire movie. And by the way, that is one of the things that makes um, South Korean action and South Korean storytelling so much more interesting than what you see in North America. Because there's too many guns in North America to tell interesting stories about people having conflict. Because you always know that someone's just going to shoot somebody. Whereas that generally can't happen in South Korea. There aren't any guns. You know, one of my favorite moments in uh, Man from Nowhere is when he shows up at their their meeting, right? Yeah. And he starts shooting people. And the boss's reaction is, where the hell did he get a gun? Yeah. (laughs) South Korea. You know, they're a giant criminal organization. One of them has a gun. Because yeah. it's South Korea. And so, yeah, you get more interesting fiction when people don't just immediately jump to shooting each other like they do in American films. But it's realistic that people jump to shooting each other in American films because in America, people just jump to shooting one another. Well, what, what was I watching the other day? And I said, well, do you have a gun? And the woman replies, this is Texas. <laughs> oh, it was, oh, no, it, I was, no, that's when I was reading... Uh, no, it wasn't Texas. That, I was reading A Wanted Man. Oh, okay. And, and that's when, um, talks to or Montana the, or whatever, yeah. In Nebraska. Nebraska, but talking that's to it. The girl before they find out she's an FBI agent or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, I don't know where it is. It doesn't matter. The idea was, uh, I'm now sure you want to carry a gun in your purse. And she says, this is, this is Nebraska. She says, every woman carries a gun in her purse. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it, it makes for less interesting fiction if everybody's armed all the time. Yeah. It just does, you know, <laughs> because you immediately know what's going to happen in a way you don't when you're watching South Korean fiction, because not everybody has a gun all the time. Well, it yeah. flattens out the um, the kind of conflicts you can see, is what I'm saying. And I think that's accurate. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that is our Consider Yourself Warned. Now we're going to start talking about the movie right from the start, which, wow, what an opening. Yeah, I mean, I would just, I mean, it, it, it rivals, it's, it's the only other movie opening that I can think of. Yeah. Comes close is Scream. Yeah, for just how tense that opening is. Remember how tense, uh, I mean, because I can still remember the when I the watched. The first time you saw Scream, yeah. And I was just like, oh, I don't even know if I want to watch the rest of this. I hear you. It's, it's yeah. an insanely tense scene. And yeah. this absolutely yeah. has some of that same vibe. Like, well, that's a good comparison. Because yeah. she's, like, sitting there in a car and so vulnerable and... You know, the the guy playing the villain, Choi Min-sik, you know, just does have this, you know, passively friendly face. You know, yeah. He doesn't seem like a monster right away, right? He really doesn't look like a monster when you first see him. And it's just this woman stuck at the side of the road with a flat tire on the phone with her husband. Yeah. And 
Oh my god. And and then it goes so badly so quickly. Yeah, and she's yeah, he's talking to her on the phone, and he he actually you know, and the guy shows up while she's talking to him on the phone, and he yep. says, "Oh no," he said, "He said don't do anything." He said, "Just," he said, "Wait for the tow truck. Tell him you're going to wait for the tow truck." Yep. Please don't just don't don't do anything. Just wait for the tow truck. And mm-hmm. so she agrees. She rolls up her window. I mean, and he doesn't even know whether he agrees because she's hung up the phone already. And, oh yeah. Um, so because he's he's on a job. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're in this hotel, and it's like we know it's something shady because there's six guys crammed into a single hotel room. Yeah. Like we don't know exactly what job he's on, but it's it's probably not great that all of these guys with their you know, it's uh, maybe some kind of a high-end bodyguarding thing or something, but it's like there's six guys in black suits with ear radios, right, all crammed into this one hotel suite waiting for something to happen. I'm like, oh, okay, so he's he's got a an iffy job of some kind. Yeah. We don't know exactly what the details are at this point. Later, you know, right after his wife is murdered, we'll find out well, that he works. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, just go to that. And then, you know, so the guy just accepts that and goes back, but then he shows up. And then with, as he refuses and he doesn't drive away. And that's no. the key part. Like he doesn't drive away. And so she's just sitting there, you know, spending the longest 15 seconds in film, just staring at the back of this bus. Why isn't it driving away? Well, and it's a school bus. It's a school bus. You know, so, I mean. Here's here's the whole point, right? That not only does he have a a smiling face and a, a, he's a school bus driver. He's literally a school bus driver. Yeah, he's literally a school bus driver. Yep. So you know, I mean, he's he's got all of these things that say, "Oh, he's fine. He's a nice guy," and he yep. does seem to be able to be a reasonably nice guy, as we will. Uh, but I mean, you learn very very quickly. As you say, the longest 15 seconds, he comes up, he uses his crowbar, he bangs through the window and drags her out. Yep. And then we get, again, the first of this film's I can't believe how gorgeous this awful thing is being shot shots with that amazing top-down shot of her being dragged away from the car. Oh, God. Again, where it's like, it is a breathtakingly beautiful film when it's not the most awful film you've ever seen. Yes, you could. You, I mean, you've seen it more than once. I've only seen it once, and I was stunned. Yeah, it's, it's a gorgeous film. Like, and it is so well made. I don't know how they do their color coordination. <laughs> I know, right? I would love to know because it is just yeah. stunning. There was no time in this film where you couldn't see, no matter how dark it was. Yeah, Everything you know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah, you needed to see it was it was there. So yes, she gets dragged into this bus. Yeah. She gets dragged into this bus and then we cut to her lying on the ground wrapped in plastic having been brutally beaten and sexually assaulted and begging for her life because she's pregnant. And he is completely impassive except for talking about how easy it's going to be to, you know, cut her to pieces because she's so soft. 
And you're like, oh, okay. Except that, yeah. (laughs) Except that when she says she's pregnant, that that's, he just, we don't know what happens, but we find out soon enough what happens. Yeah, I know. Oh, but he, uh, yes. Uh, So then he just cuts her to pieces and... We get into the mechanics of this in a really unpleasant way. This film is more extreme than I was expecting it to be when I started watching it. Because we watch him literally cutting up a body and hosing down his area, uh, the area. And, and this is the key part, her, what looks like a wedding ring? Yes. We'll talk about, we'll talk about translation in a minute. Uh, But (laughs) the point is, she has a key ring on her ring finger and it gets stuck in the drain as he's washing all of the blood out of his murder room. Because he has a murder room. Oh, God. Oh, the murder room. Jesus. Uh, but yes. Uh, so he's got a murder room. He's washing all the blood away. And we notice that the ring gets caught. Yeah. Uh, and who boy. Then well, we he get to... Yeah. He, like, he sort of knows it. Oh, no, yeah. There's a moment stuff. where he hears. He hears the piece of metal. And he, can't up, see and he goes looking for it, but he can't see it because it's already in the drain. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just gets washed down into the, uh, the drain catch area below. So, yeah, like, it's not like he didn't know he missed something. He did, but, you know, it's his murder room. What, what problem is it going to cause that there's a ring somewhere in his murder room? Yeah, he wanted, I mean, he would have, might have liked it for a trophy, but, you oh, know. Yeah. He has a giant drawer, we will find out, just full of trophies. And yeah. I'm sure you're, as you say, he would have. Two yeah. drawers. Maybe Two the drawers. third one. Oh, definitely all-, all three. Definitely all three. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but yeah, and then we cut to... Because this film wants to be really, oof, children finding... Uh, uh, he finds... A, a child finds a bag with an ear in it. Yes. Oh. For children in South Korea. I know. These kids can't catch a break, but yeah, finds a thing with an ear in it and calls the cops. Okay. And we see okay, the second. search. Oh, wait a second. Oh. This reminds me, we missed, of course, the first part of their conversation. She was just coming back from the or- orphanage. We also find out it's her birthday. Yep. And, but she's saying, she says, well, you know, when we have children, I want to live in a nice place with lots of fresh air and all of this sort of stuff. Yep. And then we find out she's pregnant. Yes. I know, because they just extra want to, yeah, they extra want to hit you with that. Yeah, and then you get this business of, yes, this is the first group of children who find something horrible. Well, no, and the the irony is, right, that it's like, because she's talking about wanting to live when she's got kids, right, wanting to live this nice place full of nature, and of course, the irony there is, that's exactly... Where Where, she gets murdered and where the kids find her. Because it's the sub-theme of the movie that, spoiler alert, no place is safe. No place is safe. And you are, like, no place is completely safe as long as monsters exist. And now they do know, they do know that, of course, his wife didn't come home. Yeah. She's missing. I would assume they found her car. Yeah. Oh, Uh, absolutely. Well, no, but I mean, he knows exactly where she was. We don't see any of the details of it, but yeah, of course. And then cut right to the search. We cut right. Then they start dragging the river. Yeah. 
And I think uh, it's and, I, and it's to the credit of this movie that they cut everything that's superfluous. Yeah, there's nothing. It's, it, it, that's what amazes me. Like all of these other things, you know, were happening. You don't get any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't need to explain anything. Nope. They just immediately, uh, we don't have any long drives anywhere. You know, you go from A to B. Yep. We'll get to that in a minute, which for a second, I'm going, well, hop. And then I just left it. But because <laughs> um, that's the, there are, there are two questions, but, um, but it, but because it doesn't want to detract at all. Yeah, from they can't the ever affect the pacing. They can't affect the pacing. So they, and, and of course her father is there. Yep. A retired police captain. And he wants to go down and he wants to go down and he, and they're going, no, don't the, the, her husband's boss says, no, keep him here. Well, of course he goes down and they find her head. Yeah. Oh, and it's, then we get just an absolutely shattering funeral scene. Oh my God. Yep. Oh. Just, just a nightmarish funeral scene where, again, we've seen a bunch of Korean funeral scenes now with all the fiction we watch. Yeah. And all of these people in their black suits standing in the crematorium. Uh, it's, it's quite an image. And this one is is worse than most because you've got this thing where he's right at the front of the window, right? Like he's right in front of the window watching the crematorium and ever and behind him, there's just this flood of people weeping, right? And he's trying not to cry in front of everybody. It's, it's a hard scene to watch. Like, again, yeah. we've seen a lot of these Korean funerals now. Cause you know, funerals are a big part of fiction, obviously. Especially there. And this is one of the hardest I've had to watch. Yes. Again, yeah. because there is no let up at all. Yeah. Because, you know, there's the father who is shattered. Mm -hmm. There is the husband who is shattered. Yeah. Her and, oh, it was just, and then everybody is wearing, as you say, the black. Yep. They do it upright. No, and it's interesting because it. it's like they all wear these black suits to, or coats to the point that like the women all have dresses on and then the black coat on top of the dress. Mm -hmm. It is just like the, the funeral uniform there. And there is a high-waisted, and we've seen this before, the, a high-waisted yeah. funeral dress exactly. as well. You know, and it, but yes, so it is just devastating you watch these people being devastated you watch mm -hmm. this man and then and she he talks to the father yeah his father-in-law uh, we get the park side scene of the two of them talking and he's like i'm gonna deal with this guy yep i'm gonna make him suffer and and you're like oh i've seen revenge movies i think i know how this is gonna go Yes, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. And <laughs> the irony, of course, is that the desire to, that fundamentally, and this is, I think, what we should focus on and is worth talking about, he doesn't understand what he's up against. No. 
he doesn't he just doesn't understand what a psychopath is because well, he thinks he can make him suffer and that becomes the rest of the movie. And yeah, well we don't even find out what his game plan is. Not immediately, but yes. No, at this point we just assume that he is going to go and find him and kill him. Yep. I mean that 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 that's this it's is a, a reasonable re- thing to assume. Yeah, that's what any any sensible person would do in this situation. Except that if you know it's two hours and twenty minutes long, well, you it know it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple. But yeah. anyway, right? And yep. uh, we'll get to that, that that my reaction at one point later on in about yeah. you know few minutes, well forty minutes or so in the movie. But it will yeah, come. right. So then you see the scene. So then do we go to the scene with his boss? Yeah, where he goes to his boss and he says, "I'm taking you know ex- I'm taking uh, two weeks two? off." And the boss is like, "No, get, go as long as you need to. Like you don't have to rush back to work." And he's like, "No, two weeks is enough." No, he says, I want two weeks. I'll yeah, be back. That's all, that's all it's going to take me. And well, he doesn't there... even say it that way. No, no, no but I'm, ta- I'm providing subtext. Don't worry. Yes, I know, but but the point is... If is... people have seen the movie, they know. And if they haven't seen the movie, it doesn't matter. He says he's taking two weeks. That's the only... The important part of the scene is the boss says, go as... You know, it's like, oh, you, you don't have months. to rush back. Come back in two or three months. And the guy says, I only need two weeks because... And this is the the problem he makes right away. He imagines he can get rid of all of his grief by killing somebody, by making this guy killing this guy and making him suffer, and he'll just go back to work then, because he imagines that this is a problem that his grief and the unfairness that this happened is a problem he can solve. But that's yeah. not what grief is. But that's what he thinks it is. He thinks this bad thing happened. And so if I make it right, if I solve it, it'll be better. Yeah, And now that is at the core thing. of how he misunderstands everything. What's going to happen. But, yeah. and also understand that it's not like his father-in-law talks him out of it. No, of course not. No, 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 no. I mean, he's a cop. Anyway. <laughs> he's, you know, fine with the, whatever his brutal son-in-law wants to do. Yep. Yeah, get yeah. rid of the guy if you have to. Yeah, like I do whatever know. you have to. Is the message, and so he gets a file. He just uh, uh, he's he's a former chief of police, so he puts in a call and says, "Who who do you like for this?" Right, yeah. and the cops come back with, "Well, like we've got four. other guys who have kidnapped and assaulted women in the past. Here are four guys who this kind of thing matches their mo." And what I love is we see the four pictures, and yeah, the killer's on the list. Yep. And so right then you know that if he does nothing. The cops are going to catch this guy. Yeah. Like, he's, we've seen that he has a room, a giant room full of evidence. He will be caught if they do nothing. Uh, if he does nothing, he will get caught. But that's not enough for him. No, that's, that's your first clue that there's going to be, that there's something more going on. Yes. When he looks at it and he looks at these. Now, he does not know, though, at no, this point. No, he doesn't point, know. That one guy is. is on the list. No. Now, so he goes, starts to track these guys down to find out which one it is. Yep. And the first one, oh my God, what a scene. Oh. He's yeah, the guy is watching porn in his tiny, dingy apartment. And masturbating. Yep. Oh. And, the, and he comes in and catches him. Yeah. And 
eliminates strangles him and ties him up and then just smashes his groin over and over and over again with a hammer. Yeah, so, oh. well, well, no, yeah, but he first makes sure that this is not the guy. Of course. Okay. Yeah, he shows him the picture, and he reads his reactions, and the guy begs for his life and says, I have no idea what you're talking about, and he believes him. Yeah, he believes and him. However, 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 it's after that he believes him, he knows that the guy didn't do it. That's when he destroys his balls. Yep. And so then you see him in the hospital. Yeah. Right. And in the hospital, I think the key element is to be protected from our quote unquote hero. This guy is commit, conv, uh, confessed yes. to the actual murder he did do. Well, I think there's about three of them. Yeah. He is yeah. a serial killer. Yeah. And he has confessed because if he didn't confess, this guy's going to come back and kill him. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing, yeah, that's what he believes. Now, yep. this guy's got other big things. To, oh, to yeah. So he's not going to, right? No, no, no. He's, he has bigger things. As you say, he's got bigger things on his mind. But I think it's key that that's a very interesting thing for the character, right? Which is this idea that, like, this guy is just terrified of what's going to happen to him. Yeah, and, so, and he won't tell them who did it. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not going to tell them who did it. He can barely talk and yeah. they're wondering who did it. And it might already beginning, be beginning to dawn on our... our the cops. Our husbands. I'll uh, call him the husband. I can't call him our yeah. hero. I don't I know, know what to call him. Um, yeah. But you can't even call him an anti-hero or anything like that. And all of no. those, All of those stereotypical... Roles we put for, uh, yeah, yeah, these archetypes don't really fit what's going on with this guy. No, what's going on here. So he, um, and then I guess it's where we go to, where do we go to after the... We quickly kill somebody else. Well, not kills, but viciously attacks somebody else. But we don't see it. Yeah. Uh, this is the scene where uh, we get this amazing scene of a delivery bike driving down a city. Oh. And then tailing him and tailing him and just we're, we're waiting for something to happen. And then suddenly the minute the guy stops and there's nobody around, he just rams the bike and throws the guy off of it. Great stunt, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then just viciously beats this stunt. guy. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to the first fight scene. But yeah. Oof. Um, and he beats this guy. And we don't, see the conf uh, we don't see the interrogation. We don't see anything. Because we know this isn't the guy. So yeah. they don't need to waste our time with it. Well, All we need to know is yeah. Yeah. that he shows up and he grabs and he runs the guy off the road. And then he just smashes him over and over again with his fists. Yeah. Just brutally beats this man on the ground after he's run him over with a car. Jeez. I know, right? Wow. Know. Uh, and then we cut to... What the killer has been up to. Oh, and it's an entire scene that is unbelievably hard to watch because there's this woman waiting for a bus and he drives up and offers her a ride. And you're like, this, this horrific indictment of the assumption that women are supposed to defer to men. Well, it's not only, it's not only that. I mean, this whole movie is telling you if you're a woman, you should never be alone. Yeah. Ever. Not in your car, not at a bus stop, nowhere. I mean, that's one big message that comes out of this. <laughs> oh, God, is it ever. Holy shit, you can't even be, you know, anyway. Can't be safe in your own home in this movie, which we'll safe. get there. 
Yeah. Um, and what happens is that, you know, yeah. the, the, oh, I can't even. Well, no, but I the mean, killer shows up and offers her a ride and essentially, like, and badgers she, her into accepting it. And because, you know, it's a guy ever. driving a spool bus and she's supposed to be accommodating and women aren't supposed to say no to men and blah, 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 blah. Well, it's not she's just essentially she's guilted. A, she's yeah. For a bus and the bus isn't coming and the bus we don't know that the bus isn't coming that's well, something yes, he says and he's a yeah. serial killer yeah so we can't and she's freezing yeah right and she's got high heel shoes on she's, i know i'm going you know you know dress for the weather yeah. i mean if there's one thing we know how to do in canada it's dress for the weather absolutely but no, but the but the thing is, it's like the whole scene of him just badgering her and badgering, badgering her. Thinks, yeah. And that's my point. Like, she's expected to not say no to a man. Yeah. Right? And that's part of it. Because it's like, the guy's badgering her so much, you'd think you would say, like, it's weird how much he's badgering you to accept this ride. But, like, but uh, you're, gonna, you're told, don't be suspicious and just be accommodating and blah, 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 blah. Well, it's not just that. It's like... If she's not accommodating, where is she going to run if he gets out of that? Exactly. Because that's that. I mean, I I didn't didn't think of it that way. You've been watching. You've watched this more than once. I have. I didn't think of it that way. I just thought that finally she just took it because there was no bus coming. There were no cars. And mm -hmm. what's she going to do if she keeps saying no? Because it's pretty clear he won't take no for an answer. Yep. You and know, so even if she did that calculation in her head, she probably would have gotten it because she was even uneasy being in the school. Oh, yeah. But then again, it is a school bus. Oh, yeah. No, and no, she, he, I mean, it's the same thing. He's got his trick to make people feel less well, it's not you know, even unnerving it's around it. Job. Yeah. It's no, so but I'm saying out. it's, yeah, but it's, well, no, but as a serial killer, it's yes. the way he gets in to make people feel more comfortable around him. Yeah. And it's, oh, God. And then, of course, he beats her to death because that's what he does. And we cut immediately to his di the dismembering the body process, which, key, which uh, crucially, we find out involves a homemade guillotine. Yeah. Because everything about this guy is monstrous. Yeah. He has a homemade guillotine. Whoa. Uh, yeah, that's something you're not expecting the first time you watch it. And no, now we... No, yeah. It's just oh god, I just yep. <laughs> and he's so creepy, and his discussion is so creepy. Oh, I know. It's just it's it's such a performance. This guy, this this guy makes you believe that he's the most evil person you will ever in your life see or meet or hear about. Yep. And, and fun fact, uh, the the actor from this had mm -hmm. like basically retired from acting and came oh. back for that. Apparently there's some quota system in the South Korean actors union. And he, I don't understand what his objection was, but he didn't think it was fair the way they handled work quotas in the South, uh, in the South Korean actors union. And so he like retired from acting. He's like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. And this film was his return to acting. Because it's like the director came to him and was like, you've got to do this. And so he came back and he did this. Because it's like, I need you for this part. Yeah, I know. It's, whew. Yeah, well, uh, because it is a hard, and I have seen some pretty awful villains in 
in yeah. Korea. And, but this this performance it's a whole other level it's a whole other level it doesn't have that little bit of <laughs> you know i am evil yeah. the performance and artistry yeah the, is, the camp level of evil that we so love out of the guys who relish being evil yes and he's it's just, no, this is just who he is. This is yeah. his job, basically. Well, no, not even his job. Like, it's it's more like he's an animal. And hunting is just what this animal does. Like, it is his, the, the way it is presented in the film, it's like it is his nature to do all of this stuff. Because the, the key thing, and this is where we get to, we're about to get to the fight scene. And I think, and it's a key observation about the fight scene, right? Uh... Which is, so what happens is he, um, obviously, you know, our hero gets, our hero, Jesus, uh, the husband gets to the next person on the list and the next person on his list is the killer, right? And so he goes to the, and he does the surveillance the normal way. He goes to the killer's house. He puts a tracker on the, tr uh, the killer's car, right? And he's just like, I'm going to follow him and see what he does. And then when he's alone, you know, I'll torture him for information. And then we see the guy picking up his charges at work. And then after he leaves, like 20 minutes after he leaves work, the cops show up to come and interrogate him. And uh, they're like, where's this guy? Oh, he left like 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. I'm like, okay, well, can you call him? And the killer sees that he's got a call on his phone from the place he works. And he's like, well, they got me. Yeah, oh, shit, is what he says. Yeah, he's like, he knows he's caught. Because, like, and this is the interesting thing. Um, we don't know uh, what triggered this current spate of murders, right? We're not given any look into that. But it's like, he's obviously, he kills people on the regular. And I guess he knew that the minute somebody came looking for him, because it's not like the, the letter, sorry, the text message from his work even says the cops are here. It just says, you have to come back. He immediately knows that the moment there's Remember, any attention on him. Yeah, he's on he's on he's on their hit list. I mean, he's on their list of potentials because he's been yeah, caught. Before. It, exactly. Like they've tried to catch him for stuff before. So he knows well, I they're think looking at him. I mean, my impression is they've sort of taken him in before, but somehow oh, or another yeah. always made There was no evidence, off. exactly. No evidence and obviously not enough evidence to get a warrant. To search his place. Oh, we forgot to mention one thing, which is uh, the husband goes looking for him and goes to the only address uh, the only address they have for him, which is his, uh, his parents' house. Yeah. And there we find out that he has a son. Uh-huh. And the son is the only one who knows where he lives. And so our hero, we don't see the conversation. But uh, we don't see what he says to the son. But I think it's pivotal that he's like, can you tell me where your son, uh, where your dad lives? Right. And he says, you know, why do you want to know? Yeah. You know, why are you looking for him? And we don't see the answer to that question. Well, and yeah. We but don't he know what the relationship is. He probably has a lie, you know. Well, because he already did. That's why he, when he talked to the parents, he got pictures. Yeah. He got all these pictures and he like says and that there's an father, insurance. The father can't stand the man. What kind of a man leaves his wife? Yeah, leaves his son? kid. Yeah, and abandons you know, his of, kid. What kind of man? No, this man, he's no good. Stop Stop being, you know, whatever. Tells his wife to him. stop making excuses for him. Yeah, stop making excuses for him, right? Yeah, he, he thinks his son is a monster. And I'm like, oh, there's 
So there's abuse in this backstory. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, that has... Like 100%. Like, there's abuse in this backstory. <laughs> we don't get any details about this guy's upbringing. Um, the film will only ever depict him just as a monster. But there is definitely backstory abuse going on there. Oh, yeah, you know, yes. You can just see what, you know, the, the family he's grown up in. But that's immaterial. That's the only time. Yeah. That doesn't enter into our husband's... Nope. His quest at all. He doesn't care. No. no it does, yeah, as you say, it doesn't matter to him at all. Nothing matters to him except finding this guy. Finding so, this guy and getting his revenge. So then we get this wonderful, after he sees the train, we get, we he, he sees the mail... I mean, clearly what you are supposed to assume is that he has stopped the school bus. He has grabbed one of the girls and taken off. Well, no, what has happened is, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, no, because when he gets the call, we see that he's just before dropping off the last girl. So there's only one girl left in the school bus when he gets the call about going back and she's fallen asleep. So, yeah, uh, she's obviously in for a rough time. Duh. But um, we get this key moment where, you know, our hero drives up and sees the empty car and it's by all of these greenhouses, right? Yeah. All of these dilapidated greenhouses. All of these. Oh my God. That shot. That, that shot was just like, I'm going, so what? Remember, you've seen it. Remember, this was my, this time, first it's time my watching. first run through. So yeah. I'm not sure I'll ever have another run through, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you don't. You didn't have the time to notice the wonderful details that yeah. oh. I did watching it over and over and over again. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. no, but I mean, and what I loved about the greenhouse metaphor is that again, just like she's talking about how she wants to live somewhere with lots of nature. Well, that's where she gets killed, and that's where the kids who are supposed to be, you know, growing up safe in nature, find the body. Likewise, these are dilapidated greenhouses. So. It is literally a thing that is designed to nurture. That's what a greenhouse yeah. is for. And it's completely dilapidated and fallen apart inside. Yeah. And it's this. And yeah. And, and of course, the schoolgirls are supposed to be safe. Exactly. They're I, supposed oh, to be I, safe in the same. They're supposed to be safe with this man in the same way the plants are supposed to be safe in a greenhouse. But everything is falling apart. Well, this whole film is constructed so that you don't feel ever, ever. not yeah. once do you have any sympathy or any oh well moments no and is through and through a monster yep and so he rapes he's raping he rapes the teenage girl no he's about to rape the teenage girl uh, uh, no, sure. no 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 he uh no 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 because and i know this is key uh, we don't actually see him put because uh, he gets the our husband the husband screams his name from outside and yeah. when he stands up he doesn't pull his pants back on so or close up anything so no he immediately stands uh, up and goes looking so the the sexual assault hasn't officially gotten to the uh, rape part yet but I'm not saying it's not awful and I'm not saying she's having a good day but right before that's when the husband shows okay, up when, and yeah, she scurries and, off into the bushes yeah. and he grabs a sickle yes and this is where things get really interesting because it's why i call him you know a beast because at the end of the day for him killing is it, it is like his nature 
right? He assumes that everybody else is a sucker. Everyone else is less than him. And he is a predator that takes what he wants whenever he wants it. And that is, that is as deep as his thoughts go. By comparison, the husband, hurting people is his job. Like, he is a guy who it is his job to do this stuff. It is his job to brutally beat people, right? And the comparison is, and that's why fundamentally the killer has no chance against him. Like, yeah. Anytime they fight, anytime they have a conflict, this guy doesn't have a prayer because he's just an animal and the other guy is a hunter. Yeah, and that's, that's clear in, this is the first time though that that's clear. Yeah. Don't know exactly what he does in his job. But the way he behaves in this scene, you're like, oh, he... Just the way he's dressed, just the way he walks in. Yep. Everything just... about his mannerism is how casual this is for him. Like, he's full of fury, but, but the way he brutalizes the killer is not difficult for him. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you know, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty clear that you can just see because I think it's at this point around after this scene and stuff that I called you and I said, yes, I can see yeah. what you're saying, you know, that, um, about, you know, the the nature of evil. He is a an enforcer for the state. Yep. Is what he is. And he is really good at his job. He is. And so he manages to beat this guy and we missed the scene of course where he's talking to one of the people he works with he's got this oh yeah and then he gets uh he gets oh, a, get that later. He gets a get pill that from him later. we you know yeah. no he did no no that happened before he started investigating he gets and the pill we think it's we just think it's a pill but he but he forces it and it breaks down and it's like it got milk or something around it and he forces this into down the th down the unconscious guy's throat and yeah. then he breaks his wrist. Yeah. Oh. And then he breaks his wrist and he sends and he and he leaves. And this is where the film takes a turn. Well, no, doesn't he get does he give him no, when does he give him the money? Oh no, no, he does. But he uh yeah. he takes he leaves him and the guy wakes up and he's got a thousand dollars on his chest. Yes. Yeah. 10, you know, 100,000 won bills, which is $1,000. Yeah. Oh, and man. And so then yeah. he decides he's going to hitchhike back. Yeah. And then, yes, the turn. Now you just see how viciously brutal this man is. Yeah. There's absolute. he gets picked up by a cab. There's another yep. person in the cab, but because... There's already someone in the back seat. Yeah, and the cab driver has discussed with him whether they could pick up this guy too. And yeah. obviously the other guy said, sure, why not? And then you get this scene where he's looking around and he looks at the cab and he sees that the cab, uh, the cabbie's ID picture on the thing is in no way the guy who's driving the cab. Yeah. And so he immediately knows what's going on. <laughs> like yeah. he uh, in one second knows exactly what's going on. And he's like, okay. And he pulls out a knife and we get one of the most brutal scenes you've ever seen in your life. Until you get to later scenes. <laughs> Until you get to later in this movie. But that that thing oh. that they shot where the camera is just encircling. Yeah. I know. 
Like I they did it all on a set somehow. It is so incredible looking. Like it just, it looks amazing. I mean, that's that's the thing about this this movie that this this it's not just relentless, but it's just like you see it all. Yeah. Like how they do it without breaking, without and cutting. You, and you have seen the guy in the back seat, right? At the at, you know, you've seen he's got a rock in his hand. So right, yeah. and and you're going. But yeah, I mean, it just, and the fighting, he beats up, you know, well. He's and he's just stabbing people over and over and over again. Yeah. And in the back seat, in the front seat, and the car eventually crashes, sort of. Yeah. And so he dumps the guys. Yeah. And he washes himself off. He, uh, he washes himself off. He changes his clothes and he dumps the two bodies and the body of the cabbie that was still in the trunk. Yeah. Oh. What what an opening. Jeez. You know? <laughs> what a scene. <laughs> and then you see, so now you know just exactly like this guy isn't... Um, now, you know, and here's the point, is that normally you would say, oh, geez, well, I guess he was justified in killing those guys. No, you don't <laughs> see, say that. Not for a second, do you think that? <laughs> because it is so horrible and so brutal what he does yeah like he could have you know it didn't have to be the way this guy did it but this guy enjoys it oh he loves it he loves what he's doing and what's key there is the way it's shot right It, it revels in it with him to make you be disgusted by this man yeah that he's enjoying this thoroughly he had a yeah. good excuse. He didn't need an excuse, but he had a good excuse. And boy, yeah. that makes it even better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he likes it even more because it's just an opportunity. It's a freebie yeah. for him. Yeah. And then next we see him going to get his wrist, uh, you know, wrapped up. Right? Getting his wrist wrapped up. And. Oh, oh God. I can't stand this scene. Yeah, I mean, we'll just we'll just zip through this because it is because first he threatens the doctor, the doctor, like for disrespecting a, him. Okay, the it's doctor is just office. Yeah, like it's he's just in a doctor's, doctor's office. office. Yeah, it's not a hospital or anything. It's just yeah, a it's just a doctor. clinic, just a little clinic. Yeah, and he's got the money to pay for it, and the doctor's do, and he because the girl comes in, he doesn't to interrupt him. him. Yeah, to interrupt him, uh, you know. Ugh, about to maybe kill the doctor. And then the next... And you, and you might be saying, why is he so reckless? And, well, the fact is, he has reached the point of, uh, you know, d- uh, like, he is decompensating. It is, he knows it's over, and he just wants to do as much damage as he can before he gets caught or killed. Yeah, like, that is what's going on with this character. This woman yeah. that he killed is... The cop's wife. Actually, he doesn't. Oh no, he hasn't. He hasn't really made that connection yet. He will make that connection. He hasn't made that connection yet. Oh, that uh, the man who's chasing him. Okay, yes. yes. No, no. He, of course he, not. he hasn't made that connection yet, but he knows. But he knows they're onto him. I mean, it's the same because, way. No, what yeah. I'm what I'm trying to say is he knows they're onto him. I shouldn't say that because of the husband, but he yeah. knows that yeah, yeah. it's a cop's wife. That he killed. Yes. And he knows he's inevitably going to get caught. Yeah. He's going to get Like, there's no way out. I mean, that's what happened with Ted Bundy, famously. 
like when he escaped from jail the last time, like he knew they they were going it was inevitably going to get caught, and so he just started killing as many people as he could as quickly as he could. Yeah. Because he knew he was never going to be able to do it again, and that is the state that this guy is in. Mm-hmm. Like there is no there is no way out of this for him, so he's just going to do as much damage as he can as he's going down. Yeah. It's uh it's something you don't see a lot. No, and, and then oh, and then the scene with the so there's so of course he's got a receptionist and she handles the prescription. The nurse. Stuff yeah. like that. She's the nurse. And he Oh, it's the conversation and you know it's this is where the tension is in in the writing. Yep. You watch this thing and you know you just know that he's, you know, going to do yep, something. He's, he's, the conversation yep. is just so creepy. So you don't have a boyfriend. So I guess you don't know how to do it. And it's yep. just like, oof, your skin crawls. Oh, it's so and disturbing. And then he seems to walk away and leave. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, he actually just left. What a relief. But no. No, he was just going around to the back door and he breaks in and he locks himself in the supply room with the nurse. And then we get just come in and then waits for her to come in and he locks the door and you're like, oh my God, this is about to go bad. But just sitting outside is the husband listening to it on the radio. And so the minute he hears that the guy, right, is, you know, tells her to strip down, he rushes in. Yeah. And so again, mid-sexual assault he just viciously beats this guy. Yeah. He grabs the fire extinguisher off the wall and just brutalizes him. Well, and tells the nurse, oh, you'll better hang around because he's going to need medical attention. Oh, God, how insane was that moment? <laughs> yeah, you know. And, then and he's he- like, don't run. You know, he's going to need treatment. And then he severs the man's tendon in his leg. So now he's down to one arm and one leg. And you're like, how much damage can he do with one arm and one leg? Well... Just wait. Just wait. Uh, So yeah, and then he beats him up and he sends him on his way again. Yeah. And you're like, is he really doing this? Is he really doing this? But this is where I started to go, okay, so he's hunting him. Yeah. It's it's like a cat with prey. Like a cat. And that's exactly, and that's literally what we see in the next scene. Because we get back to the killer who's, you know, on the run and He's, oh my God. Uh, we get, uh, we do have the wonderful scene where he's stopped by his, you know, busted up car <laughs> and, you know, he's hoping to flag someone down so he can murder them and steal their car. <laughs> and uh, an army convoy drives up. And yeah. picks him up. Yeah. And uh, picks him up and he gets dropped off somewhere because he's obviously called a friend. And we see him walking up to this mansion. And you're like, and this is such a jarring scene. So you're like, how does this guy, like, how is he? And we see somebody outside, you know. Yeah, uh, he goes up to the guy. The guy's already outside. He's got dogs. He's feeding some dogs and he's, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think, you see, the first time I didn't even think that that was his friend. Yeah, you Uh, think he's going to kill him. Yeah. No, I just thought, yeah, oh, is he going to kill him? Or, like, what's with the dogs? But no, they start talking. Yeah, and it's like, oh, he knows this guy. They're yeah. they're buddies. Okay. That's not, I was not expecting this guy to have a buddy, but okay. 
And we get inside, and he starts talking about how much uh, uh, how much he loves this meat. And then, we, I mean, however crazy you thought this movie was, oh my god, you're gonna go, yeah. you're gonna go psychotic if you keep people eating human beings. Yep. <laughs> Holy sh! And yeah. I kept going, is, is that real? I thought, I thought initially, it's because he eats dogs, right? But no, 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 no it's because he's, he's a cannibal. He's a cannibal. He's got a friend who's a cannibal. And then you've got this girl sitting at the table as well. Yeah, the the, the friend's lady. And by the way, um, uh, originally the reason she has so little to do in the movie is because they cut a scene that was confusing audiences that's in the book. Yeah. Where, because you're like, how is this woman hanging out with this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what is going on here? There was originally a scene where he, while the guy is busy, um, you know, while the guy's busy eating and then thinking about his next meal, uh, the villain goes to rape her. Ah. And, but she's really into being sexually assaulted. Ah. Yes. And, that, that and so be. audiences saw it and they're like, I don't understand what's happening in this scene. And it's like, well, no, you're to, it was supposed to be a window into the mind of the kind of person who would be the partner of a cannibal. Yeah, which was fine Someone in the book. Who, yeah, <laughs> which is fine in the book because you can like get more explanation of what's going on in her head. But in a movie, people were just, I don't understand what's happening in this scene. So they cut it out of the movie. No, that would have, because that, because that would have, um, yeah, it broke the, t it broke the flow. It broke the flow because as long as she's kind of sitting there and she doesn't seem to be bothered by anything, you that, get that in your head, what you continue to see, is he going to try and rape her? Yeah. Like that, that did go through my head. Is he going to try and he's not going to try and get, get his good friend's girl, is he? Yeah. No, can't. Well, and it, guess what? Of course he would. No, he, he, he would maybe, but no, he's not going to bother. <laughs> yeah. And and that is the way it is in the in the finished film, and I think it works fine. I don't oh, think yeah. it like. Yeah, because, I don't think you needed that scene. Well, no, you didn't need it, and it would have extended the movie another five minutes. <laughs> I know, right? You know, and it was already two hours and twenty minutes long, and yeah. it, no, and it would be it would be because this is supposed to be the focus is supposed to be entirely on these two guys, and this guy is such a monster and so brutal. It is immaterial to have this added one, you know. Yeah. And besides, I don't think I also would go, you know, in in the context of the movie, this guy is smart enough to understand that his friend, his best friend is a cannibal. Yep. And I'm not sure that you want to really cross a cannibal. <laughs> I know, right? That's that's how I put it. That oh no, I hear you. He was smart enough to know. Yeah, don't don't make a, this problem with a cannibal. That's yeah. yeah you don't yeah. want to pick a fight. You know, <laughs> yeah. This guy is as bad as I am. Yep. And and I've got only one arm and only one leg. I might not win. Exactly. Oh my god. And then he goes to bed sleeping on a couch. Right. Yeah. He goes to bed sleeping on a couch, and the villain goes to chop up his next meal, meal. Oh. and uh and he opens up a fridge and we see all these body parts oh, God. uh and he's like oh i'm out of i'm out of intestines i better 
I better kill the next person. And then we find out that uh, the this woman that he's got locked in a closet is the, you know, daughter of the family that lived in this house. So, yeah, that's why they're in this house. They've murdered the people who live there. Yes. And he's gradually eating his way through them before they move on to the next thing and someone notices these people are missing. So, yeah, and as he's about to kill her, right, he's about to cut her to pieces, that is when, <laughs> thank God, the husband turns up. Yep. Right? You know, thank God he turns up. And, oh. Uh, it's, and we have a brute, I mean, he just brutalizes the guy. Yeah. He pins his hand, right? <laughs> he ties a thing around his neck and he pins his hand to the, uh, to the, to the cut butcher board, right? The cutting board with a knife. And you're just like, oh God, this is brutal. And then he's about to cut his head off. When at that moment, the killer shows up having procured a shotgun. And now we get just such, like, some of the tensest action you've ever seen in your life. Like, he gets shot at, right? He gets shot at, and then he runs out of the house. And then he immediately runs right back into the house. In a fantastic choice. <laughs> he immediately runs right back into the house and, like, vaults up the side of it. You know, parkours his way up to the second floor, breaks into a bedroom, searches for something. He finds, like, a club. I don't even know what kind of, like, fishing implement or tool that is. But he finds this, like, spear thing. And he finds a, and a fishing rod. And he finds a box of hooks. And that's, he's like, okay, I got this. <laughs> and that's, that's all he needs, he thinks. And then we get this fantastic scene where he's waiting... And he knows they're going to come looking for him as he didn't run off. And, but instead of the killer showing up, uh, the cannibal shows up and it is an unbelievably brutal beating. He gives the cannibal. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That shot. Wow. Yeah. He And then the cannibal's wife sneaks up on him and tries to cut him. And he, you know, uh, he brutal. He gets his arm cut, but he brutally beats her as well. And then the killer shows up, and he makes himself seen by the killer and runs away. So the killer will chase after him, and exactly as he planned it, the killer steps on one of the hooks and you know goes. I know, right? Steps goes face first into the ground, and then you get that magnificent shot when he runs up to the killer. As the killer's aiming the shotgun and just smack, you know, kicks him across the face as the shotgun is going off. And you're like, this, this is such a gorgeous shot. Like, it's, it's one of the most impressive action shots I've ever seen in my life. It's so good. And the fact that it's all done really, where you've got a shotgun that's firing blanks and you've got a part of the room that is rigged to explode and he's got to do the kick right to this guy's face and it all has to be timed perfectly. Wow. You know? Oh, no, I, it, that's what I said. I mean, it, as, as a film, there is no, there are no errors. Yeah. Like none of this, none of this is, none of it is CGI. None of it is. Yep. Extraneous, like, 
it just it's just so horrible yeah it's horrible but it's so exquisitely made Ex executed like yeah. I do not know, like, I do not know who they hired to do the, well, no, of course we don't know, right? Yeah. I mean, whoever they had to do the choreography, because that's yep. all of these things have to the be. The stunt work. Yeah. The, the stunt, stunt choreography is incredible. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you believe completely that it's these two guys doing this fight. Yeah. You, you don't doubt it for a second. No. And so then he grabs him and he beats him and he flops over and the cops arrive and we cut to two days later. Yep. Right. Uh, we cut to two days later and they're in the hospital and his buddy, the same buddy who got him the, uh, right. Who got oh. him the tracking device has made it. So they're being held in a private hospital room and they haven't turned over the killer to the police. Like they've got the killer. They can turn it over, and he even suggests maybe it's time to wrap this thing up. And the husband says, not yet. No, not yet. He, I haven't tortured him enough. He hasn't, he hasn't suffered enough. No, well, he and hasn't like, remorse yeah. yet. He hasn't felt any remorse yet. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't given me what I need to get out of him. And... Well, you can all see where this is going, oh, yeah. hopefully. Uh, and he said, uh, but, and this is the key part. Uh, the idiot friend mentions the tracker. Yeah. And, oh, the, the guy's out. Well, the guy's out cold. And so they let him go and he drives off uh, and he drives off in his stolen taxi yeah. and he stops at a... Uh, no, have we not, not, not told we know, because isn't this where he also goes to see the cannibal? Oh, no, no. That's later. That's after the escape. Cause that's the key part here is he leaves, right? He, um, right. He leaves in the, he goes to the, he goes to the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he, he goes to this pharmacy, right. To get some laxatives, to get the tracker out of his system. The killer does. And then and this is the key part. He stabs the guy. He doesn't kill, but he stabs in the neck the owner of the pharmacy so that the husband will have to stay and take care of this guy. Yeah. He'll have, the husband will have to choose between saving this man's life and catching the killer. And so, of course, he saves this man's life. Of course he saves the man's life. But this is given the time, the guy to take, you know, two entire bottles of laxatives and get the tracker out of his intestines. Yes. And just then, another, coincidentally, another cab driver drives up. Bad luck for that guy, because he kills that guy, leaves the tracker at the rest stop, and drives off in that guy's cab. Meaning that when the husband gets there, the guy's already gone in a new vehicle, and now they have no idea how to find him. Yeah. Yep. And this is the key part. That what the killer does is he phones the cops and says, I'm turning myself in. I've just got something to take care of first. Yeah. Because he knows the cops are the only people who can possibly protect him from this guy. Yeah. And this is the scene in the hospital where he this goes to see the, the cannibal. The hospital that is. Yep. 
I don't know if it's the worst scene. I actually closed my eyes when he started. You I have to. I just closed my eyes. I just said, I don't want to see the end of this. Yeah. But, um, you know, the guy is laughing, but the guy does give him the information he needs. about yeah, what he's And doing. the information he needs is that, you know, uh, that the killer holds a grudge more than anyone else on earth. And you've pissed him off. So he's going to kill. He didn't just kill your girl. He'll kill her whole family. Yeah. Yeah. So he knows. And so, and then he laughs about it. And that was a mistake. Yes. Because the no, husband tears his jaw. That's a joker. That's a joker on him. Yeah. Yeah. Tears his jaw right off. I mean, we don't see it come all the way off, but we see it start coming off. Well, and we also see. And we see his cheeks skin? split wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. I just. Yeah. And, and oh. by the way, the, the girlfriend is just watching passively from the next bed. <laughs> for the whole scene. Because, yeah, she's messed up. Mm-hmm. She's got problems. Yeah, well, she'll spend the rest of her life in jail. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's honestly kind of like she's into just whatever the violence is. Yeah. And if it's happening to her boyfriend, fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's, we never explore what's going on with her, but there's there's bad stuff going on with her. Yeah, well, but she's she's incidental. Oh, no, she's completely incidental. It's not important. I just think it's it's neat yes. that she's just sitting there watching during this whole scene. Like, not screaming, call not calling for help, nothing. She's just she's just watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting character note, I thought. And let's just rush through the unbelievably upsetting scene of him trying to call the, the father-in-law. Yeah. And oh, the father-in-law. And us knowing that the guy who showed up saying he has a package is the killer coming to kill the father-in-law. And him going to get the door instead of answering the phone. And then the guy cleaning himself up after brutalizing the father. And cleaning himself up. And as he's about to leave. The daughter comes home. The, the daughter comes home. Because God forbid we have anything good in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. God forbid that there is going to be anything. What we've missed. Okay. What we've missed talking about though is him talking to his father-in-law and his sister-in-law. Yeah, and both of them saying to let it go. Please let it go. They're going to find this guy. They will do... No. Yeah. No, he has been told three times to let it go. And he has said no every time. And the entire family... I mean, the the father-in-law survives. Okay, and what we haven't not discussed either, let's just keep this going back, the two, the two serial killers are discussing yeah. this and it's the, the cannibal who's explained to him, but this guy is the hunter yeah. and you're the prey. And yeah. he is going to, cause it's, because up to that point, he may, he may have thought that he was going to be able to, this explains why he calls the cops because the cannibal explains to him, look, this guy is the hunter. You are the prey and he is better than you. Yep. He is going to get you. Mm-hmm. Right? The, and the cannibal, just because of all of that. And so then the the killer, our serial killer, is is brooding on that overnight while he's sleeping on the sofa. He's brooding about that and he's thinking about the different parts of it, right? Yeah. And he also, where is it? He, No, it's in this scene that he remembers because the reason he was so terrified of the husband 
is that he swings when they're fighting in the hospital. He swings the scalpel, and the husband just grabs the blade and does you know doesn't flinch at all. Yeah, doesn't bother him in the least. No, and that is what sincerely like freaks out the killer. Yeah, the right? killer is because just like it would. What okay. the hell am I up against? But then he remembers that the hand that grabbed the knife had a ring on it that looked just like the ring yes. on that last on that woman he killed. And that's how he knows what Finally. this is about. Who who it is. Who it is like which one of his victims this is about. Yeah. Right? And he has never known that before. Yeah. No. He has never known which of his victims this is about. And so now he's like, okay, and that's how he knows to go and kill the father and the sister. Yes. And so then we get a call, right? And then he calls the cops, just like he said he would. He says, come and get me. Yeah. And he has dumped the, yeah, he has dumped the sister's body in in an alley somewhere, wrapped in a blanket. We don't see what he's done to her, but presumably it is horrific because when we next see him, he's in his underwear and a shirt and he's got a knife, and both the knife and him are completely covered in blood. Blood, yeah. So yeah, it is whatever he did was horrifically monstrous. Yeah. But the sh- but the the movie has an ending to get to, so we're not going to dwell on that. Uh, so he's ready to get picked up by the cops. He parks his car. He steps away from it. He like you know. Oh, by the uh, way, co- remember he, says, he has get told. Me. Wait, wait a sec, because the other key is that he has told. The husband, after this, oh, about yes, yeah, he gets him on the phone. His wife was pregnant. Was pregnant, which of course the husband didn't know. Whew. I'm just yeah, when he gets him on the phone. About, talk about your your death wish. I know. Well, no, but he thinks he's going to get away with it. I know. He thinks that torturing this man is going to be something that is going to be his masterpiece, and he's going to get away with it. Because he's going to go to jail, and the cops are going to put him in jail, and he's going and this guy's just going to suffer. Yeah. But the husband is so much better prepared than that guy is, as the cannibal has told him. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's like the husband is far more prepared than the killer realizes, because he uh, tears one the door off of his car, and just rolls right up to the killer. And grabs him out of the street. And all the cops... And speeds just... off as the cops are like, what the hell are we supposed to do now? Yeah, what the hell are we supposed to do now? Ah, and we cut to the killer's lair. Ah. Yep, we cut to the killer's lair where the husband... Because remember, the husband went to where he lived. We didn't talk about the scene where he found the torture chamber, uh, Right. Yeah, and no, found the ring. No, no, but I mean, that's, it's incidental. That's how he knew. Women. Yeah, that's how he 100% knew who the killer was, because he yeah. found the ring in the torture chamber. Yeah. Uh, but now we're back in the torture chamber, and he has the guy tied up, right? Uh, like, tied up on the guillotine. Yep. And we finally get a real conversation between the two of them, as the guy begs for his life. Yeah. And just, you know, begs and please, I'll do anything, but you know, like, please, I'm sorry. And, and of course, you know, no one is, no one is taken in by this. No. No one is taken in by his pleas, obviously. And then he's like, fine then, just go ahead and kill me. Because he doesn't, and this is the key part, right? He is, he is scared of pain. He really is. 
he doesn't want to get tortured. If he has to pick between this guy executing him and this guy torturing him more, he'll take being executed. He knows he's not going to get this out alive, but he starts demanding to just get it over with and be murdered yeah, because he, once he's figured out that he's not going to get out of this alive. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He does. He's scared of the pain. And he's scared of dying. And he's but, scared of dying. But he doesn't but, even want to admit anything. Like he just he just looks at him and it's his nap. I, yeah. you know, you want me to be sorry? Are you kidding? No, I'm yeah. not. As he comes yeah. back up and you can just see. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is this was the scene uh, where <sighs> you, you don't. So the guy leaves him. Yep. And but before before he leaves him, we get the key moment. We get the key moment, which is uh, him saying essentially like, even if you kill me, who do you think won? Yes, he keeps saying that. Who do yeah. you think won? Who do you think won? He's been saying that sort of along, but that's key. You think? Mm-hmm. No. And the guys, but it's really, um, the thing that impressed me about that is that, that he's standing there looking at this, and he's sitting there looking at this guy, and you just see the odd tear coming out of his eyes. Yeah. Let me tell and you. And there's, no, there's no emotion on this actor's face. No, none. The tears are pouring out of his eyes. Well, they're not pouring. They're, they start with the one trickle and another. Yeah. I do not know how this actor did this. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> It's incredible what he does with his face in this scene. Unbelievable. And it's and as you say, like if Man from Nowhere hadn't also been this year, obviously this man should have won Best Actor for this movie. Oh, this is just a stunner. It's an incredible performance. Yeah, it, it, that whole scene. Yeah. And then you get and <laughs> and then he we see him leave. Uh, and he's like, yeah, it's not quite cool. over. We don't know what's going on. We see him leave as a cab pulls up. Yep. With these, with with this old couple, and yep. And I and asked, we realize, oh my god, that's that's the killer's family. Well, I didn't even realize it right away. Yeah, uh, I I did, but yes, but I mean, we only saw them once, almost two hours ago. So of course, you don't realize it right away. Yeah, and the little boy looks look, looked smaller to me than than the because the first time you saw him. My mind, and I thought, so it's in somebody else's house. Nope. It, because the because the kid looked smaller than he did in the previous scene, yeah. And, and then I and then my head is going and saying, okay, so is he going to leave? Like I was expecting some kind of a scream, some kind of a blast, something, right? Yeah, but no. Oh, and I thought, and the cab actually just goes by as the guy keeps walking. Yeah. Right. He as just the husband's walking away. Walking. Right. And so we see that what he has done is. He has released the lever on the guillotine. Uh, wait a sec. What's wait. key? What's key is that that our killer, I mean our our husband has left a little signaling device so that he can hear everything. Oh yeah, no, no. He he still has the pill, so he can hear everything left it on the top. Yeah, he left it right next to his face, so he can yeah. hear everything. Yeah. And uh, and so of course the killer is screaming that you know I'm going to get out of this. I won't die. You know, I'm coming for you. <laughs> like he's still screaming threats. And but, here's the position from which he is screaming threats. Yes. He knows about the pill. He has a rope in his mouth. And that rope is wrapped around the doorknob that leads into the uh the torture chamber. 
that leads well into the that leads into the torture chamber and then doubles back and that's what's holding up the guillotine the guillotine and so he has set it up so if someone opens the door the acting of opening up the door will pull the rope out of his mouth and release the guillotine chopping off his head and then he called the family and he told them to come and see the dad so that the guy's family would be responsible for his death. And yeah, the the family comes up and they try the door and they can't get the door to work and they shove on the door over and over again. Well, and he's screaming the for them to stop. Yeah, well, pull, so pull on the door, not shove on the door. Yeah, they, he's stop. screaming at them for, uh, for them to stop and screaming and, you know, and finally they get it open. It put, comes out of his mouth and in a dynamite special effect, we oh. just see his head get cut off. I don't know. Yeah. How did they do that? Because it goes from him. Again, it's it's a great piece of, this is the only CGI I noticed in the movie because it goes straight from him being alive, holding onto that rope to a dummy getting its head cut off. I know. And you don't even, you, you can't. You don't see a cut. You don't editing. see anything. No, the editing is superb. Yep. And as you say, the CGI is just. Is perfect. Or it was a real dummy. Well, but I mean, the CGI is the the transfer. Yeah, the the cut from the real guy. Yeah, is the cut over. That's where the CGI was used, and it's flawless. It's seamless. It's perfect. Yeah, I. I, Yeah, you believe it really is. Got cut off by that guillotine. Oh God. And of course. And then we get the pivotal, like the the iconic shot of the whole movie, where the husband has heard him die. Yeah. And he's heard the family scream and he takes, finally takes the headphones out of his ears, right? Takes the, takes the earbuds out and he's walking and we finally get the complete breakdown we've been waiting for the entire movie. He finally like gets, like we see the grief, finally. And the can't, and as, and he's walking and it's this beautiful choice, right? where the camera is moving at the speed of his walking and then he starts slowing down, but the camera keeps moving at the same pace, getting further and further away from him as he completely breaks down. Oh my God, what a shot. Oh, and that's the shot that ends the movie. As you see him kneel, eventually he breaks down. And just collapse to the ground. Collapses to the ground and he's sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. Cut to block. And that's the movie, everybody. That's and, I Saw the Devil. And I will tell you that there is no way, listening to us talking about it, that you can, can experience the power of this. No, it is just it because I can't imagine what it, like, I would have if we had gone to see it in a movie. Imagine seeing this in a theater. Try to imagine sitting down and seeing this in a theater. Like, can, how, how do you how do you walk out of that theater? <laughs> you know? Well, no, what you do is you sit in your seat. You just sit in your seat for 10 minutes after watching this movie. You know, until the ushers come and start shooing you out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, say this, but I mean, uh, I, I always, I'm going to always compare it to, you know, uh, the movie that got, did get all the awards, The Man from Nowhere, the same year, 
It's a brutal movie, but you get a relief at the end. <laughs> this film never gives you anything. And that may be why... why it like didn't win from, all the uh, awards. No, the Man from Nowhere won the awards and this one didn't. Like yeah. they, had a, they had a difficult, difficult choice, but in, in the end, right, you had that little bit of hope at the end of The Man from Nowhere. You have yeah. none here. This yep. is just the end. And I will tell you that as I was going to say before you kept talking was, but uh, I was going to say, and there's no Baskin Robbins at the end of the escalator <laughs> because, because this leaves you the same way eight millimeter does. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and you know, this, this will get us, you know, we were talking about, well, they keep trying to remake, they keep trying to do an American version of this and I don't see how they can partly because the only movie the only American movie that comes close and comparable, I talked about to this kind of wrenching, never letting up awfulness. Awfulness is eight millimeter. Eight millimeter. And we've and already talked about it. It was famously not a success. It was famously not a success. People didn't like it. Uh, all these, that, the other thing. And it had, it had its gun scenes and it had its. You know, it has shootouts and it had thriller scenes. Yeah, it had the things that this one does not have. And nope, eight millimeter walked out of eight millimeter because it has no happy ending either. Nope, it is a brutal ending in eight millimeter, not in the same way. No, okay, it's not at all the same way. This at all, Um, but those who need to be dead are dead at the. Eight millimeter, except that there is no accountability. Yeah, and, and that's the key part. This man has fallen apart completely, just as the man in "I Saw the Devil" fell apart. Yeah. So there, that is that. That, that is, is the point of similarity. No, yeah. you're right that the American movie that is closest to this is eight millimeter. And do they have the guts to do that again? Because right now they've been trying to do this forever. Right now there is an officially a pre-production they're trying to make it version and i'm i'm sure the script is being written right now um i'm disappointed to say that simon barrett is the one writing it uh he he and um he and his directing partner uh adam wingard have made a ton of movies that i haven't liked they made one movie that's a very good movie the guest and they've made a ton of movies i don't like at all and in fact they're the ones who made the god awful american version of death note Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, those guys. And so do you imagine that they are capable of doing I Saw the Devil? Look, if you can't can't do a remake of Death Note. I know. How are you going to do I Saw the Devil? And you know uh, what? Maybe they'll surprise us, but I don't actually think this is ever going to happen. You know? I, I can't. I literally can't see it because what happens is that our key good guy. Yeah. Right, because <laughs> we don't kind of focus on that, is a relentless hunter. Yep. He never lets up. He never changes the the mm-hmm. look on his face. Basically, is um, straight, stoic. He is measured. He never ever. He's a professional. Out. That's the thing. He he does it like it's his job. Yep. And he's just going to, and the thing is, of course, he did want to 
make this man. And he was told, look, you're never going to make him. Yeah. Ever. Get it. You're never going to get what you want from him. No. Even and, though- and that is the key part. And that is, that is what is so fundamentally interesting about the film. Yeah. Is it understands psychopaths in this way that he can, the guy can fear death and he can fear yeah. imminent threat. But he can never understand agony of loss. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that can only happen from having human connection. And this guy can't have human connection. He has no level of Because he's not human, fundamentally. Yeah. Like, he is a homo sapien. He's part of the same species. But anything you want to use to define what makes somebody a human, this guy doesn't have it. And he can never all, the only thing you can do is just get rid of him. And it's interesting, right? Uh, because it's the mistake, it's the same mistake Vincenzo makes. Yeah. Because he wants people to suffer. And the problem is, the only way people like this can suffer is the threat of imminent pain or imminent death. Yeah. That's the only thing that will ever make them suffer. And you can't keep them... And so the best this guy can do to the killer is keep him in a state of, I'm always fearing for my life, but that's only going to last so long. Like you're never going to get the satisfaction of knowing you've destroyed this man because there's no man there to destroy. Yeah. And that's just an animal. That's the same thing with our chief villain in Vincenzo. Exactly. That's, that's what was wrong with Vincenzo's plan in Vincenzo. There is no him. There's just, uh, you know, there's just this, there is a, techni- a technical human being who feels nothing for almost basically nothing for anyone. Yeah, and and I, Nothing really means anything to him. Yeah. And it, it is, it is sort of that, that strangeness of, you know, uh, which makes in some ways, and as I said, you have to set it up so that, because what I said after I finished watching it yesterday, um, because I started Saturday night, I watched it yesterday, finished yesterday about three o'clock. <laughs> okay. To let you know, right? Um, and it, it, what happens is that you, he, oh God, oh no, what was I going to say about these two, Vincenzo and this man? Yes, Vincenzo mis- uh, doesn't understand and neither does does this. The two of them yeah. are alike in that. They don't understand it. And they both do something at the end. I know what I was going to say. It's about the setup. It's yeah. about the setup. As I said, you had to have Vincenzo's mother be murdered. Otherwise, yeah. you could have never accepted the brutal end. And you had to have this month man be clearly a monster as well. Otherwise, you can't be so, I don't want to say sympathetic, but you do. You feel this man's pain when he finally breaks down. And that is the way that movie ends. And that is what you remember is watching this man break down as he has finally destroyed this monster. And and it's... And what what I love most, though, in that moment... Yeah. Is that in a way, 
like he finally figured it out in the last moments of his relationship with this guy. Yeah. Because what the hero learns, right? What our hero learns is because this man can't really feel anything, the only way to make him suffer is to make his death his own fault. Yes. He can make this man fail to keep himself alive. And that is, that is what he comes up with. And it, that is the best he can do. And that is the tragedy, that the best he can do, the worst thing he can do to this man is make it so th this man is responsible for his own death, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. But yeah, like that's the closest thing he can do to making this man suffer. He can't ever really make him suffer because this man will never feel loss or regret or anything like that. But he can make him responsible for his own death. Because as he says, who do you think won? And what he can do is say, well, your death is going to be you losing. Like you're going to know the moment you're going to die and it's going to be your fault because you couldn't hold on. Yeah. And that is such a small, like it's, it's such a pathetically small victory yeah. that it's almost ridiculous to call it one, okay. but that's all he can come up with. Yeah. God, it's a horrific ending. <sighs> no, both of them. I mean, as you said, Vincenzo is such a different, but when you look at these the two men. Yeah. Because even even Vincenzo is implacable. Like there's he is. Um, you know, there's the the emotion not the emotional part, but there's all of the other stuff going on in this that massive uh 35 hour extravaganza that we love and i oh god yeah again. um this i is just so brutal then yeah. there is no letting up because even even the man from nowhere had has yeah it has relieves you at the end you well, yeah. it's not just with the ending but you know like you have a different you have moments in there yes yeah. You know, so that, um, and you can see sort of developing relationships and it starts off. Oh yeah. And the scenes with the little girl and the, yeah. the guy from Vietnam yeah. or wherever, yeah. you know, like there are these moments, yeah. right. To, to let you take a breath that yeah. this film so, doesn't have. Because there is no, in the man from nowhere, there is no truly implacable monster as such. Yeah. Not in the way that there is in this and not the way there is in Vincenzo. Yeah. Not the way there is in eight millimeter. No. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've got, you've got monster out there. Oh, sorry, monster. Oh my God. Machine out there in uh, the thing. And the, uh, if, and the, the brutal ending of that movie yeah. that yes. Hey, machine could have been anybody. That's the point. Yeah. Anybody could have been this monster. But, you know, so it is, um, and I, that's by the way, by, uh, uh, like, I love that the note the studio gives you about, uh, the, the death of machine in that movie that it's clearly the studio note is, well, you know, he's got to like try for a knife before, uh, before Nicolas Cage can shoot him. Right. Cause Nicolas Cage isn't a bad guy. And I'm like, were you watching 10 minutes ago when he beat, you know, James Gandolfini to death? Yes. <laughs> While James Gandolfini was tied up? No. Like, studio notes. That's not going to make this film better. Like, no. having 
having him kill Machine in self-defense a little at the end is not going to make this film suddenly, you know, watchable and okay to bring your whole family to. Oh, I mean, obviously in the script, he just executes him. Obviously. Yes. Uh, but you know, they have the fight and they go outside in the script, but he just executes him when the fight's over. Cause he has to, it's, it's machine. Yeah. Oh God. But it's what a movie. Yeah, it is. It, 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 there's no, there's no, no question about it. Um, it, yeah, but no, you're right that eight millimeter is as close as you can get to yeah, this movie. That's, that's what I really thought you, you were saying sort of other things, but you're absolutely eight right. Millimeter, eight millimeter is the one that is the most because you have now what you have in eight millimeter is of course our <clears throat> hero slowly but surely coming to this revelation of this evil. Yeah. Finally it's understanding that yeah, no, evil exists. Yeah. Whereas in the man from nowhere, he already knows evil exists. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Right? Because um, but that's because of the job that he does. He is, as I said, you know, the executioner or the enforcer yeah. for, the, for the government. He's, yep. you know, I mean, clearly he knows all about torture and clearly he knows all about oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He, you know, like he does, it's just, he does it all to, for the state. So it's fine. Yes. Well, our, and, and it's, it's funny, not even like even his boss, right? It's just yeah. like, yeah, well, is he doing this? And you know that in the end, he will, of course, mm-hmm. he's going to get away with it. There's of course. no issue that that he he was, maybe he went a little overboard. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, he was justified in taking, well, he took more than one monster off the off. He took one. Well, no, I mean, and the, the irony of this film is four, five months. He get his. Well, no, the irony of this film is he gets two people killed in his quest. Yeah, he does. But the irony is, at the same time, in this monstrous quest, he does. He saves two people who were going to die horribly. Yes, and he got he got, and he four, got the cannibal off the street. He got five. He got five serial killers off the street. He got five serial killers off the street. He closed a bunch of cases and he personally saved two people's lives. Yeah. But that's not going to be a comfort to him. No, none of it will be a comfort to him. No. None of it. Because he has lost. Because, and I mean, we don't talk about, we. I'm assuming that we have to assume that his sister-in-law is dead. Yeah. No, we don't. But yeah, the amount of blood she has to be dead, but we don't, they don't dwell on that. No, we don't ever know that. It's just an assumption you have to make that on top of everything else, she's dead. Yeah. Um, but you know, the fact that he manages to save two, two women. Yep. Uh, horrific, even as bad as it got, at least neither one of them are dead. Yep. Which is what he would have done. Like it's oh, yeah. like, He's a rapist. No, he's a murderer who commits rape prior. Yeah. He's murdered. Exactly. Because he'll murder guys. He'll murder. He just doesn't rape the men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, he is, he's an animal in every way. And it is fascinating because at the end of the thing, he saved, 
Like, there are two people, like the... I mean, the nurse he also saves from being murdered, thank heavens. Yeah. And he likely would have killed the doctor as well had he been left alone there, because yeah. he would have to. Uh, but those are those are near deaths that he causes, right? Uh, because it's him letting the guy run around. Whereas, like the the schoolgirl was gonna get killed. Like if it had just been up to the cops, that schoolgirl was gonna die, because the cops wouldn't have gotten there in time, and we know that because they didn't get there in time. No. And likewise, you know, the cannibal would have killed that last girl at the house oh, they yes. were putting in. So yeah, like apart from the murder, like but the two, deaths that's he causes, three. that's three yeah. he saved. Yeah, that's three people. Although to be fair, the doctor and the nurse, he kind of caught made that happen. So you don't want to give him credit for saving those two. Well, that makes he kind of made well, that. I don't happen. know. I don't know. He kind of no. I mean, well, no, he made that to happen by not killing him in the greenhouse. Well, yes, of course. In that sense, <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. His his mistake is. It, at one level, his mistake was not understanding that the guy is on his final killing spree. Yeah. No, he and, just doesn't. Yeah. Because fundamentally, because he works in the world of espionage and security and all that, he is used to people who have motives for the thing he do, they do. Yes. This guy has a motive. Raising the kill count. Yeah. And, but, and that's the thing. When killing is your nature, you don't have a motive. And that's why they're so hard to catch. When killing is your, when your sexual orientation is murder, the common ways of trying to catch you don't really work because cops only know how to look for motives. This person is dead. Who had a problem with this person? Who would have benefited by killing this person? That's all you can investigate. You can't investigate some guy just is aroused by murder. How would you investigate that? I mean, that's what all of John Douglas's books are about. Yeah. Why it was so hard to put together profiling in the BAU, you know, because people honestly couldn't understand that there were people out there who killed just to kill. Yeah. And it doesn't, you see, I think the fundamental thing by not going into this, that's what makes this story so relentless. He doesn't yeah. go in. And that's again, another thing that makes it similar to eight millimeter that you do not get a motive yeah. in either one of them. Not at least not a motive that makes any sense for these guys. What money yeah. uh, kicks. Um, right. Because, you know, as you know, the senators, the senator's wife, you know, I mean, the Senator paid for this film. Yeah. Paid for the film to be made. Paid for the film to be made. So he could yeah. watch it. Well, you know. Um, and you say, well, that's awful, right? Uh, but like, yeah, but to a guy who has no human emotion and no human connection, why not see what that feels like? Yeah. and I mean, why do you think Donald Trump reversed, uh, the uh, killed, uh, like when he was on his way out the door, made sure that he had all of the outstanding... Like, as many possible of the outstanding federal death penalty cases, he had them all executed. Because he wanted to know, he wanted to, he wanted the rush of feeling like he had killed people. And it was a way he could get else? away with doing it. Yeah, what else can you, what else can you put it down to? People might yeah. think that that's an extreme. But that it's, was just, that, the ultimate level of power, power is to kill. 
Yeah. And he's gotten away with crimes his whole life. And now he's the president of the country. So he gets off on saying, go kill that guy. And then the government has to go kill that guy. Yeah. I mean, he screwed up all possible diplomacy with Iran because he got off on the idea of murdering somebody. Of being able to say, you go kill this specific person. And then they had to go and do it. And that, that intrigued him and it aroused him. And that's why he did it. And there was no political reason to do it. There was no strategic reason to do it. The only reason to do it is because you get off on the power. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. So, yes, we're saying that, like, clinically speaking, Donald Trump is basically the same as a serial killer. Just you know? Because <laughs> it's not like, this is the man who's like, what, if we're having all these problems with the drug cartels, why don't we just start bombing Mexico? With Patriot missiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't know what a Patriot missile is, but that's another conversation. <laughs> he just likes the sound of the phrase Patriot. The hell, the hell with the uh, collateral damage. Yeah, the hell with the hell with attacking a sovereign nation who's your ally. You know, that's like saying that, that is literally the equivalent of saying most of Mexico's problems are the fact that all of the like not most, but a huge amount of their problems are caused by the fact that. 40% of all of the guns produced in America are shipped right across the border to Mexico to keep the drug wars going. Yeah. And so based on Trump's logic, Mexico could just bomb all American gun manufacturing companies Yeah. based on Trump's logic. And they were completely justified in doing it because all of those companies are involved in an ongoing crime and prolonging this horrific drug war. Oh, uh, there. So there, like they're all morally responsible for it because spoiler alert, you think Colt doesn't know that 40% of its uh, sales are going to like three gun stores on the Mexican border that don't check IDs. <laughs> like they know who they're shipping the gun to. They know that there aren't a hundred thousand assault rifles a year being sold to the eight guys who live on the Texas Mexico border and the Arizona-Mexico border. So where do you think those guns are going? Colt knows that they're committing crimes, but they don't care because they're making money. And by Trump's logic, Mexico could fire missiles at the Colt manufacturing facilities and it would be completely fine because they're committing crimes against Mexico. So there. Yeah, I know. But that's the insane logic that the, you live in when you're a psychopath. Yeah, it, it, well, yes. And I think that this, and because... It doesn't, you see, it, it, this one, by not doing this, you get um, the consistent, it doesn't matter how this guy was made. Yeah. What he is, it really does. Has to be taken off the map. Yeah. You got, you it's have to remove so him from the board. And so, yeah. you know, and if he ended up in prison, he would just kill. He would just kill in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's no, and I mean, you and I are against the death penalty, but we also acknowledge that evil exists and there are people that we're all better off without them being around. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is that, is that too harsh a way to say it? No, it's not too harsh, but uh, you know, it is, it is hard because generally speaking people don't there are not that many people who become that damaged except and that monstrous 
you know, I mean, we, we see more of it and people, well, how do these people get into power? Well, they get elected into power because they can. And because yeah. people are either terrified of them or whatever. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 oh, it, uh, it, yeah. is, it, is, it is a horrible, horrible dilemma one has. But it's like, I mean, you, you from his perspective, Yes, this was a this was a man, but this was a man who caused him immeasurable suffering. I'm now start talking about the yeah, no, it's clear what you're talking about. Don't devil. worry. Yes, this man was the devil. Um, yep. And he, yeah, he it was he might as well have been uh, a bear with rabies. Yeah, you just have to put him down. And um, you know, and. I, he wanted to do it in a way that probably well no he wanted that guy to suffer the way he had caused and that that was his flaw right from the start is well, he's like i'm going to make you suffer how i suffered yeah i'm going to i'm going to visit upon you what you've done to other people but you can't because he doesn't have feelings yes and that's where and that's why we don't get any backstory that's why we don't get any conflict yeah. Um, you don't have any conflict about the evil that this man does or his best friend, the cannibal, does. Like, yeah. feel sorry for him. Not his girlfriend and certainly not us. <laughs> right? um, no, you can't. But you, you can't. And that is the whole point here. And as I said, this is why the movie, <clears throat> yeah, is like 8mm. Um, yeah. But eight millimeter, and this is why I would say I can't imagine why you, how you think you could do. A, I saw the devil because eight millimeter people didn't go and see it. Yeah, because it was too bleak. And if eight millimeter is too bleak, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this one is just like it. It, but it's funny because so often. Um. And this is one of those movies, well, both of them are movies that don't really deal with the spiritually spiritual aspect of this. But some of the things we're going to look at in the future, too, it deals with, okay, because they believe you can bring spirits back. Yeah. And you can bring these these evil spirits back. Like, in other words, this this serial killer's soul is damned to wander the earth. Okay. <laughs> I mean that that's how it is. He's it's damned to wander the earth and cannot do anything. And if someone were to call that spirit into a human being, that human being would then become him again. Yep. Right? And do exactly what he did because he would have agency then. He would have it whereas the spirits that wander the world, even when they're evil, you want to keep them away. But they cannot affect um, anything. They can't do anything, you know. Yeah. But it's it's um, and how you handle with that. And that's of course now we're talking. So ten, you know, the things that have been done afterwards, exploring different aspects of these monsters, and that's what a lot of these these movies, these shows do. Yep. But this one, as you say, and as as we have noted, has 
no relief, not even in the end. No. Not even in the So yeah, uh, but I think what we will say is, it's a masterpiece. Mm. Like it really is. It is a masterpiece. With it is an incredible piece of work. I will tell you, there's no exposition. Wow. You know, like like nobody explains yeah. anything as such. Ever. What we ever are. ever ever. You just have to pick up the pieces, little bits and pieces as we're going along. Um, you don't even get the husband's real. Like nobody ever comes right out and tells you what he does for a living. Yeah, we we get it based on his actions. Yes, and based on how he is treated by the people he works with. Yes. Yeah, he's clearly the guy in charge of his team. Like the you look at the way the boss is, you know, willing to do anything for him. You get it in the way his associate, the tech guy, yep. you know, will at the drop of a hat give him whatever he needs. And in, in, right down to hiding him in a serial killer to keep the cops from finding out where they are. Like, we get it. Yeah. Given what he can do, we know who he is. In other words, the, the monster's fatal mistake was killing the wrong woman. Yeah. Jesus. All right. So uh, that was I Saw the Devil. It is. It's a lot. Well, it is a lot. And there are a lot of ethical issues and. We can't go on too much longer. No, no, we will. <laughs> we will wrap this up here because it is. Uh, there are other issues, and I'm sure it will come up again. But if you enjoyed this, uh, go listen to us talk about uh, eight millimeter. Yeah, we already got an episode about that. Oh, episode just about eight millimeter because it was. Um, it, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It, it needs this kind of close reading from a moral standpoint. Yeah, and yeah, and the the you know they they. It's not even as if with this one, they give you any moral, um, there is no discussion. Yeah. It. it is, you have to start thinking about it and it. You know, but, you know, the, the thing about this one is, and I really wonder, I tell you, the more I watch these Korean things, right, um, the South Korean things, because they are so brilliantly put together, and I keep going, okay, are there things I'm missing? But I'm watching enough different things to know that, um, yeah, there's a, it, there's a whole range. And uh, yeah. so this is probably unique in um, so far. Well, other than Vincenzo's villain, yeah, um, who got his as well, but in to some extent in the same way, mm -hmm. all painless death because that's the only thing he understands. Yeah, right. Is that he will have this slow, painful unbelievably painful death yeah oh and he has to wait for it and that's what this man did yeah to uh, well but i mean the uh yeah 
And it's interesting, right? Because as you say, that's the worst thing he could come up with. Whereas in this one, you know, the worst thing he could come up with is making this man fail as his last act on earth. Yep. His last act on earth is to fail and to lose. Yep. And yeah, that's, they're, they're both torturous. They're both the correct torture in their own way. And in both cases, uh, everything would have been so much better if the heroes had just smartened up and done it a lot earlier. Yes, but that goes to trying to tell you that monster hunters have human feelings. They do. Well, no, and, and that's the cannot, concept. And, that's, and yeah. they cannot believe truly, you know, um, yeah. at the end. But this one doesn't make, and it's not a mistake. In, in Vincenzo, it tells you the moral of the 30-odd hours that you've watched. Yep. Uh, it, Whereas this moral, one. Right at the end. Somebody has yep. the monsters. Whereas this one, nothing. You get nothing. Water yeah. water cooler talk for ages. Yep. Except how you how you even argue that he shouldn't have killed him, right? Yes, you shouldn't have because he killed those other two people and he caused immeasurable grief to those three people, four people that managed to, you know, yeah, escape. Save. Yeah. The five people I would say that he managed to save. Yep. Uh, death. But at the same time. Right? Yeah. You know, it, I know. It's the only conundrum because this man was truly, he was truly prey. He was truly a monster. Now, you know, since, since you have a system that believes in massively evil spirits, <laughs> you know, um, that it's, it's interesting anyway i yeah but yes i mean it was definitely a film worth watching uh yep. it's it's a masterpiece if you can stomach it it's relentless um if you're going to watch it watch it during the day or do like i did and, like i started to watch it on saturday night and i got an hour in i called mm -hmm. you at 52 minutes and i did watch another about half hour and then i went no i don't think so I'll wait till tomorrow. So. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, uh, yeah, that was, I saw the devil. It's, it's quite a ride. And if you listen to this without having watched the movie, I can't imagine what you think this movie is. <laughs> like, what is the version of this movie that exists in your head? If you just listen to us, talk to it about it for two hours <laughs> without having seen it. Uh, if, if you did that, bravo, thank you. Go watch the movie anyway, even though you know what's going to happen because it is... It might actually, it might help. That it might might make it easier to watch because you know where it's all going to end up. So it won't be as torturously tense as it is when you watch it's it for the, the first time. the first time. It was, as I said, yeah. it, was, it was torture. Like there were times, only one time, sort of, but it was just like I wanted to turn away so often and then I would just have to pause it for a while let's pause it for 10 minutes do a do a little bit of lily's garden and then i'll go back to it <laughs> all right so uh that's that if you have any questions if you have any comments if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out drop us a line at profiling criminal minds at gmail.com we would love to hear from you here's the big one though if you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher be sure to rate and review it because that's how new people find out about the show, which is, of course, always important. We're going to see you here uh, next week for something. 
I don't know what it is, but you it will pop up on your feed and there will be a new episode. So enjoy that. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.